You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another special edition episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. I'm Sabra. And today we are joined by a Birmingham native, author, a doer of all the things y'all will find out quickly. And her name is Javasia Bowser. So welcome, Javasia. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. So can you please tell our audience about all of the amazing and great things you do? Because I was looking at your website and I was like, she does a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) I do. So I am a full-time freelance writer. I write for several different publications, both locally, um, regionally, nationally, And I also am known around Birmingham mostly as the founder of C. Jane Wright. So C. Jane Wright is the community and the website for women who write. So through C. Jane Wright, I host different workshops and I offer courses and masterminds, but I also have a membership program and folks who are part of the membership program, we get together every week to talk about our writing goals and we write together. We do critique sessions and goal setting sessions and have workshops just for them and all the things. So um, that's the main thing I'm known for around Birmingham. But it is we do have national membership. So we have members all over the country. But it started out here in Birmingham. That's so awesome. I need to know more about the membership. I want to know how to get involved because I'm already thinking about like Christmas and I know somebody who could really use this program. Yes, it would be a great Christmas gift. So to find out about our program, our membership program and all the things that um, we have to offer, you can just go to cjanewrightbham.com. And um, we have a blog there, but also information on the membership program. Um, There's also a link there where you can join our free Facebook group. So if you want to kick the tires a bit before you decide if you want to sign up for the paid membership program, you can join our free Facebook group. That's awesome. So CJ and Bright, where does that come from? Like, where does the like saying come from? Or is there like any special meaning behind it? Yeah, so people, a lot of people ask me, is Jane your nickname? And no, it's not. (laughs) Um, It's a play on the old Dick and Jane books, which uh, depending on how old you are, you may not know what I'm talking about. But (laughs) um, way, way back in the day, there were these books um, that were used to help kids learn how to read. And the phrases were like, see Jane run, see Jane skip, and things like that. So it's a play on that that's giving me like Junie B. Jones. Sam, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we both had the same look. So I was like, I wonder if she's thinking about like giving me like Junie B. Jones too. I'm so weak. I was off with you on that What one. was I going to say? What were you going to say? No, like, I but thought. Nick, Nick and Jane. No, I, 
I don't know, but I, I do feel like it reminds me of something from my childhood and maybe you tapped into something that I didn't get to because I did love Juna B. Jones, big fan. Uh, but speaking of books, you wrote a whole book. You're an I, author. <laughs> I am. So earlier this year, I published um, an essay collection called Find Your Way Back, How to Write Your Way Through Anything. And it is a collection of essays about just that. It's about how I have written my way through all the things that life has thrown my way, including a cancer diagnosis. I'm so inspired by your story. And honestly, I I wanted to know, well, a lot of things I wanted to know. <laughs> but in your book, Find Your Way Back, you inspire readers to craft everything they feel into their own masterpiece with the writing prompts scattered throughout your book. And I was wondering if you could give us an example of a writing prompt and what you want us to, I guess, get out of the prompts in the book. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's funny is that the prompts are actually the last thing I added to the book. The book was completely written. And then, you know, I just felt like it needed something else to really get the reader to see that because I didn't want the book to just be about my story. I wanted the book to inspire folks to share their own story. And I felt like I needed just something else to really get them to do that. So, um, and the writing prompts that I included are actual, some of them are actual prompts that led to the essays that are in the book. So for example, there's a prompt that says, when you were growing up, what made you different from your peers? And there's an essay in my book called Odd Girl Out, where I talk about all the ways that I didn't fit in and how, you know, when you hear somebody tell a story about how they were the odd girl out and they didn't fit in, you think it's going to be like some sob story about how they were, you know, a social outcast. But, um, but I say in the, in the essay that that's actually not my story at all, that I say, but this isn't some sob story about how I spent my childhood eating lunch alone or crouched crying in a corner on the playground. I always have plenty of friends because I learned early on that whoever said, if you can't beat them, join them, had it all wrong. My philosophy is this. Don't try to beat them or join them. Simply ignore them and create your own squad. So I talk about how um, I just started building my own communities. And the reason this story is important is because this is something that I've continued to do in my adulthood. So when I moved back to Birmingham, I am a Birmingham native, but I lived in elsewhere for a while. And when I moved back to Birmingham, I was looking for a women's writing group. And I couldn't find one that I really fit in. Um, I found some that were for romance writers, but I don't write romance. And I found some for children's book writers, but I don't write that. And so I just couldn't find the group I was looking for. So I started my own. <laughs> so that's just sort of been a theme in my life, basically. And we love to see it. Right. Like making your own. <laughs> yeah. Label. Tamara, I, it was like one of our recent episodes where she was speaking she was preaching 
about how there are all of these spaces that are created and like they try to add, especially like as Black women and minority, they try to add us there, but it's like we can't fit into places that weren't meant for us to begin with. So I really love how you tap into that kind of like with that thought process also. And so can you give us like a time or like an example of when you were like struggling to write your way through something and like, because it kind of feels like you found that as a sort of like coping, not coping mechanism, sort of like a coping mechanism. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've done it all my life, but the thing that sparked the book, obviously, was my cancer diagnosis. So in January of 2020, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. And uh, as we all know, two months later, the pandemic hit, right? So um, I didn't have, I'm a very social person, and obviously I couldn't be social (laughs) because there was a pandemic and so I really had to lean into my writing and rely on my writing to get through this very very hard time and so for me what that looks like some days that looks like throwing myself a pity party in my journal (laughs) you know and just complaining and you know throwing a fit a tantrum about why this is happening to me Sometimes that looks like writing out my prayers to God, asking God to help me through this. Um, A big part of what I did, though, was something that's called scripting. And scripting is a type of journaling where you write about the future as if it already is. And so I would, so I went through treatment pretty much all of 2020 because I had to have um, surgery five months of chemo, 36 rounds of radiation. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, so pretty much all of 2020, I was in cancer treatment. and But I knew that by December 31st, I will be done. And December 31st, New Year's Eve, also happens to be my favorite holiday because I'm weird. And so I would constantly script about December 31st. And in that script, I would say that I got through cancer with grit and grace and that I was able to inspire people and that I was able to continue to write even while I was going through treatment and that my writing was inspiring to people, that I was able to continue to build my business. All of these things I would write about and they all happened. (laughs) Everything that I wrote about Uh, When I was scripting, it all happened. And so that was a large part of my writing process as well, just because it gave me hope for the future, gave me something to look forward to on those really awful days when I, you know, sick to my stomach and couldn't eat anything but rice and applesauce, or I had absolutely no energy. Um, Writing about the future gave me hope and it kept me motivated. It kept me pushing. Sheesh. Did I ask that question or did you, Lana? <laughs> that was me. And like the answer, I, I'm, I'm just I like, got I'm launched in there. Yeah. I, I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Wow. I'm Can we just have a I'm moment just... of silence? Because you Please. did that. 
You have done that. You continue to do that. Thank you for sharing that with us because I'm so like, I have to start scripting like tonight before bed because I mean, I feel like I've just started getting into manifesting and a lot of that has to do with the person that I'm dating being, (laughs) I like to tell Alana and just really anyone who will listen, I'm just a negative person. And I don't know why I'm like that. I hate that I'm that way, but I'm such a glass half empty person. And I think it, it maybe it's because I'm a perfectionist. So if it's not perfect, it's just not right. I don't know. You know, I love to blame trauma. I call trauma. I'm pulling the trauma card. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was that. Not even my fault. Um, but... He is a much more positive person and he speaks what he wants to happen. And he even like won't rap some songs or sing parts of songs because he's like, nope, I don't agree with that. I don't, I'm not living that. I'm not speaking that. And I'm just like, wow, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, it's not that deep and whatever. And, you know, who knows? Maybe one day I'll be like that to that point. But I have started trying to be more conscious of when I'm, you know, not even giving it a chance, not even like letting myself get caught up in the fantasy because there's power in speaking what you know will happen. And just knowing is such an important part of, I guess, the journey and the process. Um So that really spoke to me and for our listeners who, and me, who wants to know, um, how do we start, start scripting and how did you find out about it? So scripting is something that um, folks have done for years. Uh, Pavia Butler used to do it actually. Um, But I got serious about it after, well, actually Several years ago, I did this coaching program with this life coach who helps you with your vision for your life. And the thing that she has you do is pick, and this is a great way for folks to get started to answer your question. Um, She has you pick a date and you write that date down. So let's say it's uh, December 31st, 2025. And so you say, it's December 20 or 31st, 2025. And I am so proud of the life I have created. And then she would have you just describe every area of your life in detail. And from that, she would use that to help you figure out what your goals are, both short-term and long-term. So that's when I really first started getting serious about scripting. And then while I was going through a cancer treatment, I joined um, this other like kind of a group coaching program with a woman named Rachel Luna, who's also a breast cancer survivor. That's why I decided to join her group. And her group focuses on scripting as well. So with hers, she focuses on kind of using scripting to build your business. But I, of course, was using it to get through cancer treatment. <laughs> but um, but now I do also use it for, for building my business as well. So, but the answer to your question is to get started, I would just pick a date 
And it doesn't have to be three, five years out if that's too far. Because some folks are like, I can't think that far ahead. It can just be like 90 days from now if you need to or whatever. Just pick a date and then start driving the life that you want to have by that date. So that's how I recommend starting. Or if that's too much, you could just start with like get up in the morning and script about how you want your day to go. I, I did that a lot when I was going through treatment because, you know, some days were really bad. And so I would get up or maybe sometimes I would do it the night before. I would just script like, okay, this is the day that I, I want to have. And I would just describe that day. I would say, oh, today was such a great day. I didn't feel sick. I had enough energy to do this and that. So um, you could start with just something as simple as that, just scripting the day that you want to have. No, that's beautiful. And I had a quick question. You mentioned Rachel Luna. I'm pretty sure we met. Is she a podcaster? Yes, she is. We actually met her, Samra. I don't know if you remember, but we met her at our first, we went to this conference called She Podcasts Live. In our first year, I remember going to her session. She spoke at that conference and I'm pretty, she's a cancer survivor as well, right? Right. She is. That's why I signed up for her program because she's yeah. yeah, when you were talking about it, I was like, wait, she sounds so familiar. So that's such a small world because... I remember going to her comp, like her session and like feeling all the energy that you're saying right now. And I'm like, this feels very trippy. Like I've experienced this before, but no, that's really awesome. And I like that you mentioned like starting it in like small doses, like starting on like mm-hmm. whatever day that is and like saying like, okay, this is the type of day I want to have and kind of envisioning it that way. And honestly for me, cause I've always struggled like with people like I'm going to manifest my way through life. I'm just, I've, in that regard, I've been like skeptical, like, yeah, okay. But this to me, like, I can resonate with this more than like the, like the manifestation, like what it's turned into that I think like social media has turned it into. I can resonate because like so much more. Yeah. Because my issue with a lot of the manifestation that folks talk about on social media is that they act like there's no work that has to be done that you just like think about the yeah it'll just magically happen and maybe that does happen for some people but that does not happen for me (laughs) I have to work for the thing that I have um and so I mean that said yes I've had plenty of opportunities that have just kind of fallen in my lap but even those things happened because of work that I had already done in the past you know and so for me scripting you know, it's not that it's magic, right? Um, there's actual science behind it. Like if you think about affirmation, for example, the reason affirmations can work is because when you're telling yourself, so let's say, for example, you start affirming, saying, I finish what I start, I finish what I start, I finish what I start. So there's this thing, and I'm going into psychology stuff here, but there's this thing called self-integrity which basically means we don't want to make ourselves out to be liars, right? So if you're constantly affirming, I finish what I start, I finish what I start, you're going to finish what you start because of that self-integrity piece. So that's why, same thing with scripting, 
the thing is about your brain is your brain doesn't know what's real and what isn't, right? So if you are writing in your journal in present tense, describing the life that you want, but describing it as if you already have it, your brain thinks you have it. And therefore, what happens is your brain starts to pick up on things that's going to make that true. So the how starts to kind of download into your brain because your brain already thinks that this is your reality. And so your brain's going to figure out how to make it your reality. And so then you just do it <laughs> and then you have it. So sorry to go on my nerdy rant there. <laughs> no, I'm actually so happy you did because I think that like Lana said, it is such a popular phrase. At this point, I feel like whenever you use the like glitter emoji on TikTok, it basically just means manifesting. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> such a like vibey thing now. Right. Versus actual psychology. And we're missing, of course, the meat behind it because we're just taking it in in like 60 second videos and that was a whole nother thing, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad we touched on that because I, I think that if you don't ever get the meat behind it, you either are someone who thinks it's all just woo-woo nonsense or you are speaking things and expecting things to happen and maybe even getting frustrated at a certain point because they, they're not happening for you. And I feel like on social media, oftentimes we don't show, or all the time even, we don't show, well, I'll say oftentimes, because sometimes there are those little sped up clips where you do see the work behind something, but I feel like a lot of what we do on social media is making things look easy and glamorous and almost like, you can do it too, you know, and it's like not that easy. Right. So... And it's and it can t lead to like psychological, you know, like sadness and things. And it's just good to know that you do have to take the time to put in the effort, and things aren't going to happen magically. You know, here for that lesson always. Um, but I I I did want to, of course touch on the fact that it's breast cancer awareness month and i wanted to ask you um how can we support the women in our lives and our community who are in the midst of their cancer journey and um what did you appreciate most from the people around you during that time yeah, that's a great question. So um, there are so many ways to support. So if there is someone in your actual circle who's going through cancer treatment, um, one of the main things you can do is just be there for them. I know that sounds very trite, but don't think that you've got to do this grand thing. They really just need to know that you haven't forgotten about them. So as I mentioned, I was going through treatment during the pandemic. So obviously I couldn't have people come over and visit me, but I was showered with love and affection from the CJ Wright community. There was literally, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, 
there was a package on my doorstep every single day as I was going through treatment um, from someone in the CJ Rock community in Birmingham, outside of Birmingham, like folks that I had met during internships, like just everybody was just, because, again, no one could be there with me physically because of the pandemic. But everybody was just sending me things to let me know that they were thinking of me. So whether it was blankets or tote bags or food or whatever, um, books, uh, coloring books, inspirational things, but not just gifts for also sending me messages, text messages, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, just letting me know that they were thinking about me. So just. It can be something small, but just do something to let the person know that you're thinking about them. Um, There were some people who gave me very, very helpful things. So, uh, for example, uh, when you're going through chemo, you're queasy all the time. And there are these things called queasy drops that actually help with that. And so my cousin bought me like a pound (laughs) of queasy drops. Uh, so that was really helpful uh lots of people got me blankets because it's really cold in the chemo room so blankets are always helpful um also there are certain books that are very helpful as well so of course I would recommend that you uh buy find your way back (laughs) for someone but um in addition to that they're very practical books so there's um I can't even remember the exact name, but it's a book that's specifically about like how to get through chemo. And someone got that for me and it was very, very helpful. Um, there's a memoir by Christia Donaldson uh, called This Is Only a Test. I read that book over and over and over again as I was going through treatment. Um, there's another book called Type A Guide to Cancer that by someone that I met while I was going through treatment. Um, that's another good book to give. So that's something else that you can do. Um, I will say another thing. My cousin, the one who gave me the queasy drop, <laughs> she gave me a lot of other things too. My cousin's like my sister almost. We're best friends, um, grew up together. One of the things that she did that I think everyone should make note of is she never treated me like a sick person. So she would text me or message me every single day, but never in like a, oh, how are you feeling? Are you okay? You know, she didn't treat me like I was this pitiful, sick person. She would just be like, hey, here's this funny thing I saw on Instagram. (laughs) You know, she just talked to me like I was a normal person. And when you're going through cancer treatment, you need someone to give you that sense of normalcy. And so if you can be that for someone, that's really helpful as well. If you don't have anyone in your circle that's experiencing this, but you would still like to help this cause, I would highly recommend donating to organizations that are directly helping um, survivors or to smaller research facilities or organizations because a lot of these like big names I'm not gonna say any names specifically but a lot of these big names 
so much of the money that is donated to them goes to overhead that not a lot of it is actually going to research. It's not a lot of it is actually going to help survivors. So if you are in the Birmingham area, Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center is a, an amazing organization. I am on the board, just full disclosure. <laughs> I am on the board, but it's an amazing organization. They directly help survivors with very practical things like gas cards so they can get to appointments and helping them with rent if needed. Um, so support them. Um, nationally, if you want to do something, I would highly recommend donating to the Orly Smith Cancer Research Foundation. Um, that is founded by Dr. Hadaya Nicole Green, who is based in Atlanta, and she actually lived in Birmingham for a while. But um, she is doing groundbreaking research where she is, she's found a way to kill cancer with lasers. And so, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And so once this research gets to the human trials and once it's, she, because she's already eliminated cancer in mice using lasers. So once she, it gets to the point where she can use this in humans. It could basically mean that you could not have to do chemo, which, right? <laughs> so, uh, mouths are dropped for y'all. I, yeah, I can't be messed up. We're like over here. Yeah, yeah. shut. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it's pretty amazing. So please donate to um to her research. Because if I could have not done chemo, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, you you were dropping so many things, and I was like, "Oh, I have this, and oh, I have this." Yeah, me and Tamara were like, "Yeah, you." But you touched, and it was. I'm sorry, y'all, but I have to say we have the best guests on this show. I just must say myself, <laughs> the most amazing people. Like, come on, okay, but. I actually agree. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking because I think sometimes when we think about like cancer and other diagnoses that people can get, we think of all the ways as people who are going through it about how we think we can be helpful instead of asking the people who are actually going through it what they need that is helpful. So I'm really happy that you shared like all the things that helped you during your journey because I think that needs to be talked about more often and put more at the forefront than like what we think and also how you had someone there on your journey who didn't make you feel less than because I I'm thinking from like personal experience I have a little brother with down syndrome and I would never want him to feel less than or other or treated differently just because of this condition that he has like it doesn't make him any different or less than of a person like he's still a person so and that goes with things like like you're saying with breast cancer too or any type of cancer any type of illness like going through just making sure those people still feel like people at the end of the day because it's like they're going through enough like don't make right exactly so advocating yeah so advocating for that too and then also super already probably knows what i'm gonna hit on next about when you're talking about people to donate to and to support versus like who you think you're supposed to be donating and supporting to to like what you actually should be donating and supporting to i've been preaching this for like i don't know how long at this point but 
again, having people who know what they're talking about, who have gone through and who are in it, whatever the case may be, like speaking out and talking about these things, I think is so important. And like you saw our jaws were dropped. We had no idea about that, the research that's going on and like all of the amazing things. So just thank you for sharing all of that. Well, thank you for listening and giving me the platform to get on my soapbox <laughs> about these things. Thank you for sharing because, yes, yes, I've been giving my monthly donation to these this national organization, and I happen to, like, feel some type of way about it for some reason. And I was like, let me just look into, like, where's my money going? And tell me why 70% of it or a very large percentage, maybe it wasn't 70, was going to overhead. Like, I, w I looked up how much the CEO or whatever was getting paid. I was like, you don't need that much money. Nobody needs that much money. So I haven't canceled it yet because I it's on my to-do list. But you just reminded me I need to go and cancel that and give it to somebody who actually, like, I just feel like I'd rather donate to places that are circulating the money back in my community and I can actually yeah. see the change versus paying someone over a million dollars a year. It's just ridiculous. So anyway, that was my soapbox. So Lada, <laughs> go ahead. I'm weak. Yeah, no, I was going to say, and also it, it doesn't just end here at this interview. Like, Anything that you learn that you think will be helpful to our audience or like how we can help like actually support change, especially in this space, let us know and we'll share it on all of our socials because that is something I want to like influence more in the community, like helping organizations and people who are actually doing the work. Like I know we've like hammered this topic down now, but like for real though. <laughs> so keep us in the loop of like anything new or like upcoming, like just just keep us posted is all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so do you have anything else that you're working on? Yeah, like any other projects that you're working on, any new books or anything like that that you wanted to share? Um, so, of course, go buy the book <laughs> if you haven't already. Uh, again, it's called Find Your Way Back. And you can find it on Amazon. It's also available on my website, cjwrightpm.com. And I am thinking about, I haven't decided for sure, but I'm thinking about creating a companion journal to the book. So even though there are writing prompts already in here, folks have said that they want a separate journal with even more writing prompts and some more like kind of instruction on how to start a journaling practice. So I'm kicking around that idea. I haven't settled on it, but I'm kicking around that idea. Um, but other than that, you know, as a freelancer, I'm always writing for various publications. And if you follow me on Instagram, I typically share a lot of the different publications that I write for. And um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Write. And of course, I have the CJ Write community. Uh, we are accepting new members right now. So again, if you are interested, go to cjwritebeham.com. And... Yeah, I think that's all um, right now. Just the, um, and I have courses. If anybody out there wants to be a freelancer, I have a course on freelance writing that you can pick up. 
But um, in December, I will go on and say this. I don't know when this is going to air, but in December, December 18th, I, every December, I host a goal-setting workshop to help you plan for the year coming up. And so, and that, it's free, open to anybody who wants to come. Uh, it's virtual as well. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. So um, go on and mark your calendar for December 18th. That's when this year's um, goal-setting workshop will be. Um, it's always a lot of fun. always have a lot of attendees for that. So if you uh, like, and we do a lot of journaling in that too. So I use journaling to help you get to your real goals. And what I mean by your real goals is a lot of times we set goals based on things that other folks have told us we should want. And it's not what we actually want. But we get quiet and really listen to our values. And so we do a lot of journaling during those sessions so that you are to make sure that you're setting goals that are actually aligning with your values and with who you are as a person. Love, love, love. Oh my God. I, I take goal setting very seriously at the beginning of the year. Alana is an anti new year goal. Person. I didn't, don't bring me into this. <laughs> so, I'm sure. I'm sure she won't want to attend, but I listen. I was listening and I was like, okay, this is something I could get down with. Like I goal set, I feel like there's a difference like when people do like the traditional New Year's resolutions. That's that one, that's the one I have more issues with because it's that sense of like, if I don't get these things done, then like my year meant nothing. I didn't accomplish anything, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I feel like goal setting and being intentional with your goal setting is it's different. It's very different. I think it's just two different atmospheres. I knew you were going to call me out on that, though. So she said it. I could see it coming. Resolutions are oh, oftentimes like, oh, this is the year that I'm going to stop eating sugar. You know, it's usually something like kind of crazy, like dreaming. Yeah. And then, like you said, like, you're going to stick with that, like, what, a month, maybe? And then once you eat some sugar, then you're going to feel like a failure. Whereas a goal is like, okay, here is something that I'm working toward. I'm going to break this down in smaller steps. And so even if you don't achieve the big goals, if you've done several of those smaller steps, you can still see the progress. So you can feel proud of yourself, even if you haven't hit the big goal. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. You just, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I know Sam was still over there like, girl, whatever. Cahoots, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> He's covering for you. I won't say nothing. It's all right. <laughs> I'm so weak. Well, Joyce, we have had so much fun having you on the show today and just learning so much. And just thank you for being you and for all of the work that you're doing, all of the work that you're putting in. We want to support you any and every way that we can. Um, everything that you've mentioned, y'all, we are going to have in our show notes. So y'all can click the links in there to support that way and find Javasia and all the things that we've talked about today. Um, but yes, thank you so much again for coming on the show and just introducing yourself to our audience. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun.
Yes, absolutely. And we'll have to have you back for sure. But for now, that's it for our episode today, y'all. I'm Alana. I'm Sarah. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye.